with me while I read um, from the scripture that Pastor Jaron's going to be teaching from today. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it from the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of laws always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord, your God, will be with you wherever you go. Thank you, Max. You may be seated. I just love Family Sunday because it's a reminder that from the youngest person in this congregation to the oldest person, God is working in their lives. Doesn't that just make you glad this morning? Amen? I just love Family Sunday and just the amazing talent that we here, have here at C1 NAS. So glad to be here. Well, if you've been with us for the past few weeks, um, we've been going through a sermon series called People of Integrity. And we've been saying a prayer together that's from Psalm 119, and we're going to do it one last time. So if you'll stand once again, I'm sorry, we're going up and down, up and down. One more time. So this is from Psalm 119. This is a prayer that we're going to pray together as a congregation. So pray this with me. Joyful are the people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful are those who obey his laws and search for him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in his paths. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I would not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. I will obey your decrees. Please don't give up on me. How can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. Amen? All right, you may be seated, but don't get too comfortable because I'm going to have you stand up in like two minutes. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Well, over the past few weeks, we've been looking at uh, a specific person in the Bible, and we've been using that specific person to be a case study of what it looks like for people of integrity. It's been a different person every week. So you might remember a few weeks ago, that person that we looked at was Daniel. You might remember that we, we looked at him and we talked about how we cannot be conformed to the image of the Babylonians that are around us, but instead we should be molded into the image of of Christ. And then last week, we looked at the person of Peter, and, and, and uh, Pastor Travis talked about Peter and what we can do if we lose our integrity, right? What we can do if we use our integrity. Well, this week, we're going to be looking at the story of Joshua. We're going to be using Joshua and the story of the Israelites to illustrate what the people of integrity look like. So since we are talking about Joshua, you can go ahead and turn to the book of Joshua. I know it's so surprising that it's actually in that book of the Bible, but I promise he's in there. So if you want to go and 
flip to the book of Joshua. Um, if you don't have a Bible with you, there's probably one in front of your pew, or if you want to pull it up on your phone, we're going to be reading a lot of scripture, so you'll want to be following along. It'll be on the screen as well. So we're going to start in Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to be skipping around um, a lot. But before we jump into Joshua, I want to kind of paint a picture of where uh, the Israelites are at during this time. So as many of you know, the Israelites, they had escaped the grips of the Egyptians, um, and because of Moses' leadership and God's help, they were able uh, to uh, get away from the Egyptians. God had split the Red Sea open and allowed them to pass through on dry ground, but since then, they had been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, and they had still yet to set foot in the land that God had promised them. And it was during this time of wandering in the wilderness that Moses actually died. And the Israelites here, in this verse we're about to read, are without a leader. So as you can imagine, I'm sure this time in the story of the Israelites was a very scary time. Here is their leader, Moses, who was like their direct line to God, and he passed away. The unknown had, is yawning before the Israelites in this time. There was fear And there was mourning among the Israelites because Moses is now gone. But God called up this new leader, Moses' longtime aide, Joshua. And God calls him up to be the new leader of Israel. And it was Joshua who was going to lead the Israelites into the land that God had promised them. And that is where Joshua opens up for us today. So if you have your Bibles, read with me in Joshua chapter 1. You can also follow along on the screen. It says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord... The Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aide, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, and from the greatest river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country, to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Now I want to stop there, because as we finish reading out this passage, we're going to be noticing a trend, okay? And I want to see if you can notice what phrase pops up over and over and over again in this first chapter of Joshua. So we're going to continue reading. So let's back up to verse 6. See if you can figure out what that phrase is. Here we go. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the laws my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So what is this phrase that keeps popping up again and again and again in this first passage of Joshua? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Four times it pops up just in the first chapter of Joshua. And I want to let you in on a Bible scholar's secret. Now, I studied religion at Trevecker for four years. And what I'm about to tell you isn't something they just hand out for free, okay? This isn't something they just don't tell everybody. So don't go spreading it around. This is just for you, okay? I had to pay thousands of dollars to Trevecker to learn this nugget of information. But I'm going to give it to you for free. But if you want to mark your giving, if you want to mark your giving tuition, I will gladly accept it. So here it goes. If when reading the Bible, 
a word or a phrase begins to pop up again and again and again, it's probably important. Okay? If a word, if while you're reading your normal Bible scripture and you see a word or a phrase that comes again and again and again, you're like, wow, this, this writer is really repeating himself. It's probably important. You need to go back. You need to figure out why is he repeating himself so much? What's important about this word or phrase? And when the biblical writers repeat themselves, it isn't because they've already forgot what they wrote, but this repetition is a literary device they use to stress the importance of what they are saying. So you really need to pay attention. So what's repeated in this passage? Be strong and courageous. Say it with me. Be strong and courageous. This was God's desire for the Israelites. He wanted them to be strong and be courageous. He knew that they were mourning at the death of Moses at this time. He knew that they stood on the edge of the unknown. He knew that they were facing difficulties and they were facing hardships. But he was calling out to them and his, his desire for them was to be strong and courageous during this time. That was his desire for them and that's his desire even for you today. He wants you to be strong and he wants you to be courageous. Each of us have gone, are going through, or will go through difficulties, but we don't have to go through them weighed down by fear and disappointment and doubts. But instead, God, God is calling you to be strong and courageous, even in the midst of your difficulties. And I don't believe that God would be calling us to something if it wasn't possible, amen? God wouldn't be calling us to something if it wasn't possible. God wouldn't be calling you to be strong and courageous if it wasn't possible by the power of his spirit to be strong and courageous in the midst of your circumstances. It's possible this morning. God wants you to be strong and courageous in the midst of your circumstances. So let's look back at scripture. Verse 9 said this, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Why? Because the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We as people of integrity, are strong and courageous because God is with us. The Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. When the Israelites found themselves in slavery under the Egyptians, God was with them. And when Moses led them out of that slavery, God was with them. And when, when the Lord split open the Red Sea and they were able to pass through, God was even with them still. And now with Moses dead, standing on the edge of the promised land, God is still with them. And that is a reason that they have to be strong and courageous. Their God is with them in this time. And the same is true for the Israelites as it is for us. We have no reason to fear because our God is with us, and that's a reason to be strong and courageous, people of integrity. He has not forsaken us. He has not left us. He was with us yesterday, he is with us today, and he will be with us tomorrow. He is with us in the midst of every circumstance, offering peace and comfort and strength and encouragement so that you can be strong and courageous in the midst of your circumstances. God is with you on the highest mountain, and he's with you in the lowest valley. So be strong and be courageous. For the Israelites in this first chapter of Joshua, being strong and courageous, that phrase kind of becomes their battle cry. They say it over and over and over again. And even in late in the chapter, they begin saying it to each other. Not only God does God say it to them, be strong and courageous, but they again say it to each other, be strong, be courageous. It becomes their battle cry. I mean, uh, how, many of you, how many of you have a big brother in this, in this room? Anybody have a big brother? A few of us, yes. I have a big brother, um, but I am extremely lucky because not only do I have a big brother, but I have a big, big brother, okay? 
Um, if you don't know who Trent is, as you walk out of the sanctuary, look for the head that's kind of floating above everybody else, and that's probably my brother. He's a big guy. Um, he's about as tall as I am, but tr- twice as strong. And when I was a lanky, tall, skinny kid, um, it came in handy, and I used it to my advantage that my brother was big. Um, I remember when I, we were young, this was before we were even in school, we had a neighbor, and the neighbor always used to bully me. He used to really pick on me. Um, so I knew that if I brought Trent outside to play with me, the kid wouldn't pick on me. So I used to call Trent to come outside and play with me. Um, but I, I, I began to realize that Trent, he was so big that nobody would mess with me. And so even on the playground and on the bus and at school, um, Trent was always right there beside me. And uh, everybody had to watch out because if, if anybody picked on me, Trent would come after them. Um, but not really because he's just a big teddy bear. It's fine. Um, but it, he looked like it because he was so big. And this continued on throughout our childhood. And I tell you all of this to say this, that throughout my childhood, when Trent was with me, his strength and the, his courage began to give me strength and courage, right? Because Trent was so big and he was so strong, he was so courageous. When I stood by him, I felt strong and courageous because he was bigger than any problem I was going to face. He was bigger than any kid on the playground. And I was able to be strong and courageous despite the fact that I was so skinny that if I stood sideways, I'd disappear, Just like I had a brother that was with me offering me strength and courage, we serve a big, big God who was with us, right beside us, offering strength and courage. Just as Trent was right there beside me when that neighborhood bully would come my way, God is right beside us in the midst of our circumstances. There is no situation and no circumstance that is bigger than God. God is the creator of the universe, and he is right there alongside you in every period of your life, offering you strength and encouragement. You have an almighty God standing beside you. So be strong and be courageous. Not only should we be strong because God is with us, but we should also be strong and courageous because the enemy fears us. Before they entered the promised land, Joshua sent two spies to Jericho to kind of get a lay of the land. They were to go in, they were to spy on the city, and then come back and report to Joshua. But it was while they were spying on the city that the king of Jericho got wind of what they were doing. And so they were in danger. But luckily there was a prostitute named Rahab who offered to hide them in exchange for the protection of her family when the Israelites were going to take over Jericho. So take a look. We're going to skip to chapter 2. So flip a page. Go to chapter 2, verse 10. This is what Rahab tells the two men while they're in hiding. This is what she said. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt And what you did in Sihon and Og, the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. So here is Rahab. She's one of the inhabitants of the greatest city in all of the area. These are the enemies of God and his people, but yet they are trembling in fear because of the Israelites and their God. They have heard that the ar- of the armies that have been delivered into Israelites' hands. They have heard how God had split the Red Sea in half and allowed them to walk through the middle. The enemy has seen the greatness of God, and their hearts are melting in fear because they see the, great, the greatness of Yahweh. Can I remind you that this morning, that just like the Israelites in this pad- passage, every one of us in this room faces a very real enemy of our souls. And the enemy's greatest wish is to separate you from God 
His greatest wish is to let you succumb to those wants and desires that you might have and pull you out of the will of God and cause you to sin. There is an enemy that tempts us and attempts to nudge us off the path that God has set for us. But the good news is this. When we are fixed in the will of God, when we are wholly devoted to God and we allow ourselves to be molded into his image, the enemy of our soul begins to fear. When we fall into God's plan for our lives and we don't stray from us, the enemy's courage begins to fail. We should have courage and we should have strength in the fact that because of the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross and because of the help of the Holy Spirit, we have a real power over the attempts of the enemy to push us off the path that God has set for us. Because of the power of Christ, we have the ability to make the enemy tremble in fear this morning. All of that is true, but it doesn't mean that there isn't still a fight to be fought. Even for the Israelites, just because Jericho feared them and their God didn't mean that they still didn't have to go and take the city. Every single day, every single hour, we have to battle the attempts of the enemy to tempt us away from our God. But that is why we must be strong and we must be courageous in the fact that God has already won the battle. Husbands, the the enemy is going to attempt, uh, tempt you away from your wife. He is going to try and push you out of the commitment that he made. But you have to be strong and be courageous and be because your God is with you. God has already won the battle. Make the enemy fear you and your God. And wives, the, the enemy is going to do the same thing. He's going to try to tempt you away from your husbands. He's going to try to push you out of the commitment that you made. But you have to be strong. You have to be courageous because God is with you and God has already won the battle. And you have to make the enemy fear you and your God. And kids and teens, the enemy is going to try to tempt you away from the will that God has set before you. And it's going to look nice and it's going to look good, but I can assure you this morning that if the enemy is tempting you that way, it leads to destruction. So you have to be strong and you have to be courageous because God's already won the battle. And you have to make the enemy fear you and your God. The enemy tips each and every one of us in different directions. Each and every one of us has different weaknesses. But remember this morning that if you are in God's will, the enemy is shaking in his boots this morning. So be strong and be courageous because God is with us. God has already won the battle. Make the enemy fear you and your God. As people of integrity, we are strong and courageous because God is with us, because the enemy fears us, but also because God goes before us. After the spies returned from Jericho and they went to Joshua and reported what he had said, it was time for the Israelites to enter the land that God had promised them. So that's where we're going to read. So flip to chapter 3 now. Chapter 3, 9 through 17 says this. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Parasites, the Gargashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Whew, okay. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. And as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at at flood stage all during harvest. Yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a great heap, a great distance away, at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of Arabah, that is the Dead Sea, was completely cut off. 
So the people crossed over opposite the Jericho. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and stood on dried ground, while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had, completely, had completed the crossing on dry ground. You see, the Israelites didn't go into the promised land by themselves. Instead, the Lord of all the earth went before them. God went before the Israelites, preparing the way and protecting them from harm. And because of that, the Israel, had a, Israel had a reason to be strong, and they had a reason to be courageous. Not only is our God with us in the midst of our circumstances, but God goes before us, and he prepares the way. The Ark of the Covenant went before Israel, and it stopped the waters of the Jordan. And this part of the story may remind you of the last time that God went before the Israelites and parted the waters of the Red Sea, right? When they were coming out of Egypt. It's kind of like the splitting of the Red Sea 2.0, right? But let's look at Exodus 13. You don't have to flip there, but I'm just going to read this. And look what, look what it says in Exodus 13. After leaving Succoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, so they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people." The writer wants to remind, remind us that even when the Israelites were coming out of, the G, uh, out of Egypt, God was before them. And even when they were crossing the Red Sea, God was before them. And even when they were wandering in the wilderness for 40 years, God went before them. And even now, finally walking into the promised land that God had set aside for them, God is still right before the Israelites, preparing the way and protecting them. The crossing of the Jordan is a reminder that God goes before his people. And just like the waters of the Jordan, how he held them back to protect the people, God goes before us and he holds back anything that might come in our way to harm us or to hurt us. That's, that's true for you today. You can stand on that. So that's a reason to be strong and that's a reason to be courageous that no matter where you are or what you've done or where you're going, God is going before you. God is with you in the midst of your circumstances like we talked about earlier, no doubt. But he's also going before you, and he's preparing the way for you. He's holding back the water to the Jordan so that you can walk through on dry land. He's holding back the waters of fear or the waters of harm so that you can walk through and be strong and courageous in the midst of your situation. Your God is going before you. That doesn't mean that we always have the answers. And we may not know what's going to happen, but be encouraged and be strengthened today because God is going before you. When you go into that doctor's office, God has already been there and he's prepared the way for, for you. Or when you go into that job interview, God's already been there and he's prepared the way for you, for you. And when you go into school, God's already been there and he's preparing the way for you. And any time that we walk into the unknown and we don't have the answers and we don't know what's going on, God's already been there and he knows the answer and he knows what's going on. He's prepared the way for us. Your God goes before you and that's a reason to be strong and be courageous. I, can't, I, was, I was talking with Annie the, just yesterday, and we just couldn't even remember all the many times and all the many situations that God had gone before us when there were dark times in our lives or tough situations, yet God uh, sent up little signal flyers all along the way. And sometimes it's not until you look back on the situations that have occurred that you see how God had went before you and put a person in place or put in perfect timing or set up a certain situation for you to walk through and you saw just how God had been with you and before you the whole time. And Annie and I have a phrase for those types of things. 
when there's things that come about that the only explanation is God, we just call it a God thing. We tell stories and we just like, there's no way that this, there's any explanation for what happened except God. And we shrug and say it was just a God thing and we give him praise. And that's what God does. When he goes before us, he sets God thing after God thing after God thing before us. Before we even realize it, God has gone before us and set those up for us. You can tell that your God has gone before you and he's held the waters of the Jordan for you so that you could walk by on dry land. Finally, not only should we be strong and courageous today because God is with us and because the enemy fears us, because he goes before us, but also because we fear God. God is feared by us. We can be strong and courageous because the only thing that we fear is God himself. After the Israelites passed through the Jordan on dry land and after God had proved his faithfulness once more, this is what happened. So flip a page again and go to Joshua 4. Verse 4 says this. When the whole nation had crossed, finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at a place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and he said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take a, sho- a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. Now we're going to skip down to verse 19. On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. And Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future... When your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. You see, after the Israelites crossed the Jordan, the Lord told Joshua to retrieve these 12 stones right from the middle. And they carried these stones with them as they traveled. When they laid down that night, God told them to stack up those stones in a great pile as an altar. Why did God have them do that? Well, Scripture tells us that it was so years later, when their children looked at those those stones that are piled up in the distance, they would point out there and they said, Mom, Dad, what is that pile of stones over there? What does that mean? It was an opportunity for parents and grandparents to tell their children and grandchildren the goodness of God and what he had done for them. It was, it was so that parents and grandparents could tell their children and grandchildren how great their God is and how he had split open the Red Sea, he had split open the Jordan and allowed them to walk through on dry land. They were a reminder that the God of Israel was a God to be feared. We serve a big big God, and he is a God that is bigger than any problem that you might face, and he's bigger than any circumstance that might come your way. And there's no situation that you can come, go through, or no circumstance you would come through that is too big for your God. We serve a mighty and powerful God who deserves all the glory and the praise, and we serve a God that is so mighty that he deserves even the fear of our hearts. He deserves our respect. Our God is all-powerful, and there is nothing that is too big for him. So be strong, and be courageous. Because the God that we fear is a big and mighty and powerful God. And guess what? He is on your side. We fear a God who is looking out for your best interest. 
Your God wants what's best for you. He loves you and he is working all things together for your good. The fact that a powerful God who set the planets in motion is looking out for your best interest should give you strength and should give you courage. A God that's able to part the Red Sea and a God that's able to resurrect that's what was dead is on your side. And that should give you strength and that should give you courage. The God that the enemy of our souls fears, that is the God that we stand in awe of. So be strengthened and be encouraged this morning. The fact that that God loves you and cares for you should make you strong and should make you courageous. So I ask you this morning, do you want to be strong and courageous? If you do, if you look at this verse, then I believe that we should be, begin building stone altars that speak to the life and to speak to the how faithful our God is. We should begin building altars that speak to how powerful that our God is. If you want to be strong and courageous in your circumstances now, then build an altar in your life that will remind you of how God has worked in your life in the past, about how God has already brought you through a lot of different circumstances, about how he has protected you in the past. It's when we look back on the faithfulness of God and we are reminded of how good and how faithful he has been, how powerful he is, that gives us a reason to be strong and courageous in the present. We should be reminding ourselves and our kids and our grandkids about how good and powerful our God is. We should be telling stories about how mighty our God is. We should be telling stories about how God has brought our family through the various Red Seas that have come our way. Because those stories of the faithfulness of God bring strength to your family. And it gives your children and your grandchildren courage that the same God that brought your family through those red seas of your life is with them and cares for them and loves them even today. I think that maybe dad has told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. Because I remember it so vividly and it stuck with me throughout the years. As many of you know, and you might even be tired of hearing about it, you're like, oh my gosh. But uh, our house burnt down a few years ago. And you guys like, oh, this again. Here it comes, but... Um, our house burnt down when I was in high school, and we lost everything. And I remember walking away from like the shambles that was our burnt house, and the only thing that we had was the clothes that were on our back. And I was devastated, and, and we were heartbroken. But throughout the next few weeks, God began to provide and provide and provide for our family. Day by day by day, we saw those signal flyers and those God things begin popping up, and we saw how even though our house burnt down, God was went before us, and he was providing for us day by day. And it wasn't until like an entire year later, our house was being rebuilt, and everything was kind of shifting back into normal, and we were finally getting our lives back to normal, that you kind of almost forget that the fire even happened. Life's going, returning to normal, and you kind of forget what had even happened. But it was on the one year anniversary of the fire that mom and dad asked us to all pile into the van. We didn't know where we were going or, or what day it was, and they just told us to pile into the van, and we drove off. And we pulled into where our house was being rebuilt. And they got us out of the van, and they had us walk over onto the deck. So we were standing on the deck. Our house wasn't finished yet. But as we stood on that deck, God be, uh, dad, would begin to rem, dad began to remind us of what had occurred right there one year ago. And then he began to go through the past year, and he began to remind us day by day by day about how God had begun to provide for me and my family every step of the way. And he began to share with us how God had been before us, and he began to share with us even situations we had no idea about, how God had provided for our family throughout this difficult time. And I believe that what occurred on that deck was my dad was building an altar for our family. 
Dad was building an altar that spoke to the faithfulness of our God so that me and my brother and my sister and our children and our children's children can look back on that altar of that, of that, on that deck that speaks to the faithfulness of the God and we can be encouraged and we can be strengthened because what a God had already done for our family. Because God had been before our family and God had been with our family. He had brought us through that difficult time and it wasn't until a year later that we stood and we built that altar that we were reminded of the faithfulness of God and we had another reason to be strong and another reason to be, be create, courageous because God had already done it. So now, even now, when me and Annie face difficult circumstances or I, ha I have a situation I'm going through, I look back to that altar and I point at that and I said, God, you've already done this. God, you were with me then. You were with my family then. And I look back and I point back to that altar and I say, God, you went before my family then and you set up signal fire and God thing after God thing. And I believe that if he did it then, he can do it now. And I believe that if he is faithful then, he's faithful now. And if he is with us then, he's with me now. And if he's going before me then, he's gonna go before me now. And I look back at that altar and it gives me strength and it gives me courage even on my darkest days. So I believe that we as parents and as grandparents, we have to build these altars for our children and our grandchildren. We have to share stories about how God was faithful to our family so that our children and our grandchildren can look back and they can be strengthened and they can be encouraged because what God did then, he is doing now. And if God was with your family then, he's with your grandchildren now. And if God went before you then, he's going before your grandchildren now. I don't know where you are tonight. I'm so sorry. Will you stand with me? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Third time. Will you stand with me? <clears throat> Pastor Nathan's going to come this morning, um, and Brandon's going to play the guitar. But I just want to remind you this morning that God is with you. Anything and everything that you've gone through, or the things that you're going through right now, or the things that you're going to go through later, God is going to be with you. And maybe you're going through a situation right now and you feel the weight of the anxiety and the fear that just constricts your heart. And you just need to come up to these altars this morning. You need to stand on that promise that we read about, that God is with you. And you need to find strength and courage here at the altar this morning in your situation. Or maybe the enemy has just been attacking you right and left and you feel like you're in the boxing ring with the enemy. And he's just beating the snot out of you. And maybe you just need to come up this morning and you need to stand on the promise that God has already won the battle over the enemy. And you need to come and find strength and courage. And you need to come to these altars today and lay that at the feet of God so he can empower you and so that the enemy will tremble this morning. Maybe you're here this morning and there's just a lot of unknowns that are swirling in front of you. In your future, there's a lot of unknowns and maybe there are unanswered questions and fear is swirling. And you need to come forward this morning and be reminded that God has already gone before you. And you need to stand on the fact that God is going to be going before you and parting the Jordan so that you can walk through on dry land. He's gonna be holding back anything that would harm you. Maybe this morning you're just so restricted by your fear. And you need to come forward this morning and give your situations and your circumstances to a big, big God who is more than able to work in your situation. So will you come this morning as Nathan sings?